Welcome to Nowhere Close to Famous, where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. I'm your host, Josh Story, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brooke Seal. We back. And we are <laughs> back with a very fun episode. I'm so stoked. I have fangirled over this person for a long time because yeah. she our circles overlap a lot. And Absolutely. So she's one of those people that I've heard her name for forever and have kind of in my subconscious, lived in her shadow in the best way. <laughs> so it was fun to meet her, and she totally lived up to the hype. And she is so fun and chill. She described herself as a good hang, yeah, which I appreciated. Yeah. I was like, call it like you see it. Yeah, totally. And she's not wrong. Yeah, and she, she nailed it. She nailed it. Yeah. She is a great hang. Yeah. Um, very fun conversation. Oh, and also, this person's name is Jane Worsham. That's Jane. who we're talking about. <laughs> I realized we went through probably almost the whole intro without actually saying the name of our I guest. I kind of like it. We did a little different. Yeah, you know, a little uh, <laughs> surprise. Um, anyway, we won't tarry on, as they say. Uh, Jane is awesome. Phenomenal conversation. Uh, a great hang. And uh, yeah, we're excited for you to hear it. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Jane Worsham. Jane Worsham. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So unbelievably excited to have you. I was so happy to be asked. Um, Brooke, I'm sure, is very curious because Brooke's heard so much about you over the years. Like, you are like a legend. Like, there is just, like the folklore of Jane. Just joyfully living in, still your, lives in on. your 10 year shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I was really thinking about it before because I was thinking about, I wonder what Brooke knows about me. Because it does feel like a legend, because it feels so far from the truth. Because I look back <laughs> on my era and I'm like, why did anyone like me? I was so jokey. I called everybody by the wrong name. I overslept through most of my meetings while I was on staff at church. I was like, I just look back and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the hype. Well, but I had, I guess that I had not heard about any of those things that you just used. <laughs> yeah, I've heard your name for forever, and we have several mutual friends, obviously. And Josh mm -hmm. was explaining to me, he was like, Brooke, she's basically the OG you. And I was like, great. I was like, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you have a cuter accent. Well, it, that's again, that's, that's subjective. Could we have had to battle it out or could we have been best friends? I don't know. I think we would have. Really that's, a, that's a great question. That if like y'all were both working at the exact same time, yeah. would y'all have a but like a struggle or a battle over who is the better version. Ooh. It's hard to say. Well, I'm a wretched sinner that's very prideful, so I might would have thought I was better, but I never would have said that out loud. <laughs> no, you no, you don't say it out loud. You just quietly try to win. Totally. So like I never grew up going to school with any other Janes. Uh -huh. Like I was never Jane I. I was just Jane. <laughs> and I get to TCU and there's a hot girl Jane and I'm devastated because <laughs> I'm not a hot blonde sorority girl jane and i was like i will never meet her because i don't want to be in a circle with her where they would go which jane the hot one wait which, which jane i go i'm gonna be the jane in my circle and then i met her and she was lovely and great and whatever uh, but well it's funny you say that a big part of my low-key it's part of my personality now which is maybe an issue but everyone calls me by my first and last name so to most people, oh, yeah. I'm Brooke Seal. I'm not just Brooke. And that's because in school, when I was growing up, my family moved and we moved to a really small town in a small school and there was already a Brooke. So I had to become mm. Brooke Seal, but it very lovingly just stuck with me. Like my parents call me Brooke Seal 
as if they need to remember that I belong to them. And but it's like an affectionate, like I feel very endeared when people use my full name now. So like my closest oh, friends yeah. call me Brooke Seal. And so, you know, I've just been joyfully living in the shadows for years. So Great. here's how I see Great. it. If we had both been part-time and we were battling it out for a full-time role, maybe we would have been mortal enemies. <laughs> but if we had been on the same <laughs> level of the org chart, we would have been we could have besties for the resties. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. Well, that's that a really true. great comparison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Full-time besties, part-time enemies. <laughs> yes. Ooh, do you want to start our own spinoff should podcast? Should we? That's Ooh, we should. A podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Um, Jane, I have so many things I want to ask you about. Because yes. one, I think you're a fascinating human being. But two, we haven't seen each other in a long time. So first off, just, how are you? I... <laughs> <laughs> This is a this is the weird podcast because you can be fun and then sometimes y'all go like deep and real. Oh, so you yeah, listen? I would say I am okay. Oh, of course I listen. <laughs> I'm always surprised when people don't. I'm like, you gotta do your research. Hundred You gotta be a good hang. What you're stepping into. Um, I would say I am on the road to okay. Okay. Or I'm like okay adjacent. Mm. We had a rough year. We had a little baby that you guys saw before we started yes. recording. And who has just had a cascade of health issues. Mm. And so surgeries, hospitalizations, therapies, we see like 10 different specialists. It's just been, it broke me a little mm. bit. Yeah. But we're kind of coming out on the other side and he feels, normal is a bad word, but like he feels more normal to us. It doesn't feel like we're constantly maintaining his stability. We're just like enjoying him. Yeah. And so that's been good. And then earlier this year, I got diagnosed with OCD. Mm. Okay. And uh, weirdly, that's like not been one of the hard things. That's been a, oh my gosh, thank God. <laughs> There's a name for yeah. it. There's yeah. a way out of it. Yeah. And it explains so much stuff that I was like, oh, I'm just anxious but it's kind of cute and funny it's like oh no there's like something wrong in my brain mm. and I can I can get better so yeah. that's been kind of the cocktail of this year Dang. and my husband's a church member, so like that's always just fun and easy <laughs> so yeah this year's been really really stretching for mm. me but yeah. I feel like I'm I told Josh, I was like, you asked me at the perfect time because I think oh, cool. a month ago I would have said, no, I'm too sad. I don't want to talk about anything. But now I can talk about things. Dang. Good. So I feel good. I'm so glad. Mm. Yeah. I feel like those years, um, I feel like in life you encounter like years or seasons where it's not like, oh, this kind of like hard thing happened, kind of isolated. It seems like, like when it rains, it pours oftentimes mm -hmm. where it's just like one thing after another and it just – golly just like weighs on you like how did you even like manage to like get through much less like grow I I don't have a inspiring answer or a very spiritual answer because it really just felt like a rally mm -hmm. here like you just like I just had to rally and a mentor of mine had texted me when I was like in the hospital with our son and I was just like, I can't pray and I don't want to pray and I'm so tired and I don't feel like it. And I'm not having a faith crisis. I'm not like, why God did you do this to our baby? I was just like, I'm just so tired mm -hmm. and I don't want to. I was like, this is not the season for you to like 
wage war and prayer. She was like, this is the season for you to be buoyed, for you to be held up by our prayers. Mm. And so I was just great. I'm going to do that. And so I think at moments it felt even like kind of lazy spiritually or kind of numb because I was just like, I'm truly, I'm not mad and I'm not doubting. I'm just exhausted. And so I can't do anything but just curl up and be like, I'm here. Mm. And then you know, just rewatched all my comfort shows in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> just like, sometimes just like sometimes you pray for your kid and then sometimes you're like, all right, I got to watch a Parks and Rec and I got to yeah. take a breather and eat some M&Ms and we'll try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like I don't have this like great, this is how I clung to God. But it was like, no, I think God clung to me. And I think our friends prayed the prayers I couldn't pray. Yeah. And I showed up. The most I could. Yeah. When That's I such could. a phenomenal answer. Because, yeah. like, when I hear that, like, I hear, like, I can imagine someone on the other end of this thinking, like, oh, you can do that? Like, you, like, <laughs> you don't have to, like, constantly be striving mm-hmm. or constantly be doing or, like, you can just, like, be tired and exhausted and you can hurt and you can grieve and you can let others pray on your behalf and you can just, mm-hmm. just try to get through it, like... I think that's a very freeing thing that I think that we don't really talk about a ton as far as kind of how we navigate all those things. Um, that's really yeah, it doesn't cool. feel right. Like it feels really freeing, but it feels like, like I have friends that are like, that you just really got to fight. And I'm like, I just I don't, don't, I think, don't think, I think so. Do. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I love you. And I think you're incorrect. <laughs> If you're so spiritual, yeah, you just you do double time. Yeah. Oh, it's funny you say that. I respect that a ton. I, I, we talk about this a lot uh, on this podcast, but I'm very open about it in my personal life. I am a big believer in counseling and just checking your boxes and doing the healthy thing and learning and growing. And I've recently stepped yeah. back into that space after not being in it consistently. And I went to my counselor and I was like, I am so stunted and unwell. And I don't know why. And she was like, okay. And I was explaining these things to her. She goes, oh, I know what it is. And I was like, oh, perfect. You are worth every penny. <laughs> and she said, Brooke, she said, you don't know how to grieve. You won't let yourself lament. And she was like, you're so focused on like putting a positive spin on it or like quote unquote, trusting the Lord that you're not being honest with yourself or with anyone or with mm-hmm. the Lord about what you're bummed about. And I was like, huh. And she's like, you're allowed to lament. She's like, Brooke, have you ever read Psalms? And I was like, okay. The rhetorical question was a little hurtful. But it's been so freeing and permission giving to get to receive that advice and act on it. Of like, oh, I don't have to put a bow on it. God doesn't need me to come to him with like, hey, I got the answer. I'm just like getting you to sign off on it. And I think that's been really freeing. And I think that's something in the Western culture, especially even as Christians, we still put ourselves at the center of the narrative of like, oh, like I got to do this. I got to know this. And it's like, no, you're literally like filthy rags apart from the Lord. So it's like, do, do what, do what's obedient in the moment. And so, and Parks and Rec is always obedient. I mean, that's just straight (laughs) facts. Well, even you talking about being Westerners, we're so uncomfortable with tension. Like we, we black and white, we, But the Eastern yeah. mind is so like gray mm-hmm. and living in the tension. And, and that's something I wrestled with the whole time is I would reach out to like all my friends who I knew had suffered like way worse, like friends that are in, like just have 
whatever, all kinds of more challenging scenarios. I'm like, I feel so stuck in my little Christian brain of like, I feel like I can't just be in chapter one where Mm. we just got the diagnosis and it's hard because I have the wisdom and insight for chapter five Mm. to be like, Mm. and look how God is and blah, blah, blah. So I feel the pressure or you get the DMs that are like, we just know God's going to heal him. And I'm like, actually, you don't. You actually don't. That's why he might not. And you don't know. Mm. And so just that permission to be in, like you're saying, in in chapter one, in that grief and lament and going, this doesn't change what I know about God. This doesn't change hope for the future. But I'm just really sad right now. I'm just going to be really sad. And not yeah. out of, but right, yeah. Totally. You're a, a wink and a thumbs up on the podcast. I'm not used to audio <laughs> media. <laughs> Everyone, I winked and I gave an ironic <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> Whenever um, my dad passed, um, mm. I, you know, you get a lot of those like people meaning well and so but saying well really, yeah, so well intentioned, but just saying really dumb things and, and, and not, and not helpful things. And weird, weirdly, the, um, the, the thing that someone told me early on that I just appreciated more than anything in the world is we were at the visitation thing, mm-hmm. which on a side, I know just a weird tradition that we have. Let's all just gather and look at an open casket, like just bizarre. Right. And That's so I'm like, so I'm like standing there and people are coming by and they're hugging me and and like, I felt this sense of like, oh, I need to be strong. Like, I need to be the one that's like comforting. And I'm I'm a senior in college. I'm 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 22 years old, hugging, weeping 60 year old people, being like, it's gonna be be okay. And I'm like, that's not my role. <laughs> but one of my dad's uh, friends pulled me aside, like like pulled me out of the line, off into a corner, and said, hey, this sucks. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. He goes, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. He goes, this sucks, and it's gonna suck for a long time. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever feel like you have to pretend like this doesn't suck? We're absolutely gonna get through it, but it's gonna suck for a long time. So please, please, don't feel like you can't, you know, just sit in the fact that this sucks. And wow. it was the very first time that anyone in that season had tried to say anything real. Because everything was like, oh, man, God's in c- c- control. I had a guy t- ate me to lunch and he said, he said, you know, my uh, my dad died when when I was about your age. And, you know, sometimes I asked God, I was like, God, you know, why do you why do you take good good men so so early? And, and you know what I've come to believe? I go, what's that? He goes, sometimes I just think that, you know, God has some has some chores up in heaven and he just needs some good uh, good men to take, take care of him. <laughs> And I sat there yeah. and I'm staring at him like, God needed someone to mow the yard? Like, uh, like, like that, like that's why he took my dad away. <laughs> like, because God, God had a garage that needed cleaning out and like Peter couldn't do it. You know, it's like, there's, there's all these like things in my head, but like, obviously so well intentioned, but just not helpful. And, Josh, uh, have you decided that you're going to write your second book of like how to Love a grieving person and not suck. I don't remember what you're ready for. No, can you do that again? But for anybody talking to someone, this is how to not be a garbage truck of a person. Yeah, honestly. So all that to say, I uh, I, I I totally resonate with the idea. Like people, like I think meaning well, but just saying things that are not 
helpful. And I, I do think it's very countercultural to the way that most Christians live to just not have to tie some nice theological bow on a really difficult scenario and just say, I, I don't know what's going to happen. All I know yeah. is this is really, really hard. And we just need to yeah. like sit in it and grieve and, you know, just rest in that. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to No Request <laughs> <of> Famous. <laughs> Starting off nice and light, just no, like people like. Honestly, I appreciate you being being honest and willing to share because I know it's oh, been yeah. a hard mm. season. Yeah, we're we're seeing the light on the other side, and I think it's been great to have. We also have a little three and a half year old, yeah, magical fairy for a daughter, <laughs> and I think she has been the secret sauce to us really? being okay because it's kind of hard to stay in the pit when you have. Some magical little person flouncing down the stairs in a tutu that wants to play. And you're like, yeah, 100%. I'm 100% okay enough to do this. That's yeah. sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> has, it, has it felt like a tale of two, two motherhoods? That is a beautiful question. Yes. I don't know. In some way, this is, again, where I see, like, where I see the grace. Where I'm like, no, I'm not having a faith crisis because I feel so held up like Tilly, Tilly's our daughter. She's been, I don't know. I just haven't felt the tension. I think a lot of people talk, even with completely healthy, like typically developing kids, the tension yeah. of like going from one kid to two kids or all of that. And it's just been, that part's been incredibly mm. easy. Oh, cool. And Tilly mm. has not had a moment of jealousy. She like is so delighted to help and play with him and is so she's just not the kid that's going to go color on the walls if I have to go take care of her brother for a while like <laughs> she asks for a cookie and I have I leave all the cookies out and Tilly goes and eats one and waits for me to come down after putting Linda down and goes mom do you think I can have another cookie like she didn't tear into the whole bag she's just my perfect little <laughs> so first sweet. form I know it's gonna we might have some Pharisee issues later we'll figure it out but right now it's a delight for parenting she loves the rule. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like Tilly's been the grace. I don't feel yeah. like I feel the tension of being told two different ways because she has folded him in mm. with way more capacity than I would have anticipated for her. Yeah. And so I feel like in that regard, it's been sweet. And she has pulled me out of the sadness and the overwhelm because she's just fun. I'm just yeah. obsessed with That's her. That's sweet. That's awesome. She's a good hang. <laughs> yeah. If you've been keeping up with Nowhere Close for a while, you know we love our spare change. But if you're new on the scene, welcome to the fam. We have to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors. Our Spare Change is a jewelry company based out of Southern California. They went on a mission to create handcrafted custom jewelry that helps people share and tell their story. Um, and obviously at Nowhere Close, we love sharing stories. So the partnership with Our Spare Change has made perfect sense. Yeah, I was on their Instagram the other day and they were sharing a few of their stories and um, it became so evident that what they do provides a level of meaning that most other companies don't get to provide and that these pieces can be worn for years or passed down to your kids and these stories can be shared for generations and we just couldn't be more proud to partner with our spare change so if you go to rsparechange.com and use code NOWHEREClose at checkout, you can get 20% off your order. So again, that is OurSparechange.com, and use promo code NOWHEREClose to get 20% off your order. You had also 
mentioned that in the midst of all of this, uh, y'all, y'all are also planning a church? Yeah, well, we planted in September 2019, and then, you know, COVID six months later, so then we became YouTubers or whatever (laughs) everyone else did to rally through church and COVID, and so, yeah, we have a little kind of growing, figuring it out church right down the street from our house, and it's a mess, but we love it. That's awesome. So, um... I want to talk about Drew a little bit because I think Drew is one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking about as I was kind of prepping for this is um, you are obviously a pastor's wife. Um, I am indeed. And I think there are a bunch of like stereotypes that come along or like, like even expectations that come along with being a past- pastor's wife because I know that sure. Haley felt, I don't feel like I fit the typical pastor's wife mold. And I would argue that like, you don't fit the typical pastor's wife mold. Um, How has that experience been for you? Because obviously you married someone knowing they were in ministry, but I would imagine that most people don't grow up thinking, oh, I really want to be a pastor's wife and, you know, take in everything that 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 entails. What's that that experience been like for you? First, it's like in my head, I guess I knew I was marrying someone in ministry. Right. I'm sure we'll talk about this. If not now, then later. But Drew is also a magician. Yes. <laughs> so in my mind, I was going to be a magician's wife, which is way cuter <laughs> and like quirkier and like, haha, isn't that funny? <laughs> Who also did ministry, but in my head, I wasn't marrying a pastor. In my head, I was marrying a magician who worked at a church. And I right. know that, that it's ignorant, but it's no, kind no. of what I thought when we were getting married. Um, And I think what's been really helpful is that Drew and I did ministry together at a church before we were married. So I completely had my own identity Mm. within our church outside of Drew. And that really helped because when Drew and I got married, they're like, oh, Drew and Jane got married. Not like, oh, that's the pastor's wife, if that makes sense. So that helped. And then when we moved, that was in Washington State. And then when we moved back to Texas and Drew got hired at a church, the lead pastor because I was so hesitant. I was like, I don't want to move back to the South. I don't want to be in mega church, blah, 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 dragging my feet. <laughs> um, and he looked at me and he said, hey, I need you to know that we are hiring Drew. We are not hiring you. You are not mm. on our staff. So you are supposed to be Jane. And so you do whatever that means. If you want to be at stuff, be at stuff. If you don't, don't. You just need to love your family and be Jane. And it was the most freeing thing and he said that in front of drew so that's been drew's mindset as well i think there will be a season where i have desire and capacity right now i don't yeah um but i've never felt this like oh what does everybody need me to be right um because i've been directly told we need you to be jane and we need you to love drew and we need you to love your family and um i've grown a lot in saying unapologetic no's when I do have to tell people in the church no or when I do disappoint people because someone I don't remember if it's a counselor or a friend told me hey if you never tell people no you're making disciples who are people pleasers Mm. who can't say no Mm. so you can't just think about you disappointing them they're like you're probably robbing them of a chance to grow or you know lean on the Lord themselves or have a moment of disappointment and sanctification um and then you're teaching them, hey, for the people in your life, you just have to say yes all the time, even if you don't want to or it's too costly to you. And so that's been a helpful framework to go. No, me saying no is not the end of the line for these people. It's probably an opportunity for 
something else. So I feel like I've had a very atypical pastor's wife journey with a lot of permission to be out. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that's really cool because I feel like that's not always the case. Yeah. It's never the case. <laughs> Truly. Um, okay. So you, you mentioned Drew being a magician. I have so many questions. Which, first of all, let me, let me interject. The fact that you were okay and you're like, I'm going to be a magician's wife, and that got the green light over pastor's wife is phenomenal to me. <laughs> I mean, it's two red flags. You just, you got to pick. It's Drew, Drew on an airplane every time. He's like, I'm, he goes, I can shut down a conversation really fast because both professions are so weird that people are like, okay, cool. And that's nobody ever talks to Drew on an airplane. So they're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> So I'm going to be honest, I'd, I'd heard about Drew. I'd heard that he, you know, and so, I mean, but, but let's just say it like it is. You hear that someone does magic, and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, honestly. Um, but then uh, the, the first time I ever saw Drew do it was when he came to TCU, and he hosted that kind of like talent show thing, right? Remember uh, that? This, yeah. This is like uh-huh. years ago. Yes. I, I think it's called like... TCU's got talent or something. And yeah. um, and so Drew like hosted it and in the middle of all these other like TCU kids doing kind of singing and dancing and stuff like that, Drew would do his like little bits and it was like voodoo. I had literally never seen he's so good. But what I learned is that he's not just like, oh, I'm pulling, you know, a rabbit out of a hat. It's like he's doing like mentalism and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where he's like, he's like guessing what people are thinking, or he'll like write a number on a card, put it in an envelope and seal it. And then that person will say the number that he wrote down. Like it's unbelievable. It's crazy. Like I, I remember there was, there was one thing he did and the couple in front of me literally stand up and go, this is boo. And they like, <laughs> like, this is, this is so crazy. Um, do you again another tension of being a Christian magician? We got to yeah. sort a lot of that joke out. So, the first question that popped in my head yeah. when I saw him do it was, Does he do that in your marriage? Like, can he guess what you're thinking, or can he make you think certain things because he knows all like the tips and tricks of the trade? What do, what do you think, Josh? Being a man <laughs> in a marriage, what do you think? I think that he is a good enough dude that he's not going to do that but that he could if he wanted to if he could we talk about all the time like maybe i've been under hypnosis this whole <laughs> time and that's why we're in this marriage I don't know. no he's just insanely good at what he does but it does not translate interpersonally but he and it's it's so fun even you saying people getting up and walking out we get emails fewer now but i mean i would get at least one a month that was like how can you do this when the Bible says no matter whatever? Like that it's sorcery yeah. and Drew's like, this is not literal witchcraft. Like these are <laughs> tricks. I right. can make it look like I can read your mind. I can there's a lot of like psychology and whatever behind it. But um so we'll get that side where people are like, <laughs> Is this demonic? And we're like, No, it's just fun. And then we get some like bright eyed middle schoolers that are like does God tell you? Is it the Holy Spirit that told you like my dog's name? And Drew's like, oh gosh, no, not that either. <laughs> I'm not spiritual at all. It's just a crap. It's just an art. And it's anyways, no, but he's phenomenal. Like I, I still don't get bored. I've watched him, you know, for, I don't know how long I've known Drew a very long time, but 
over a decade of watching Drew perform, and I'm dazzled every time. It's so fun to me, and he's just so good, especially with mentalism where it's not just this packaged thing. Like, you're gambling every mm-hmm. time you get a volunteer right. from the crowd. And so just to watch him navigate that is – it stresses me out to no end because that's a lot of my OCDs. I'm very uncomfortable with uncertainty and his whole job is uncertainty and it drives me bananas. But he does great. He's incredible. Have there been times when he just like gets it wrong? Cause like I think about that when I've seen him, I was like, dude, he's, he's so accurate. And I have to imagine there's a level of like, you, like you're just kind of taking an educated guess. For sure. Yeah. I panic every time. Like even the ones that I'm pretty sure, again, because I don't know how they work, but the ones that I'm pretty sure are foolproof. Like you just, A, you never know when you're going to get a smart aleck kid, like trying to mess up. And then two, I don't know how it works. So I'm just stressed every time. And I've seen a couple go wrong. Um, But again, he's always like to the crowd, he's like, hey, but isn't this still kind of impressive? Like I got really close. That's that's what I so, but it's, I did it's better than you rare. could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could appear. That's awesome. Yeah. Is he still like traveling and touring and stuff like that? Yeah. He does a lot more traveling for like teaching, like preaching okay. stuff now, but he'll still, he almost always incorporates the magic just cause it's so fun. And it's always, I mean, you need a sermon illustration. Home yeah. Run, so. yeah. That's awesome. And always nice to have a little source. Sure. There, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like y'all are a very talented couple. He's he's doing magic, mentalism, preaching, teaching. And something that I wanted to ask you about is you are a phenomenal singer. Do you do you, do you still sing? No. No. Cuz the world has changed, Josh. I literally wrote this down again in my OCD. I was like, what could they possibly ask me about? I'm going to think about it. I'll have a cute answer. But you can't. Um, no. I cuz so Brooke, I don't know how much you know, but Josh and I used to play music together. I wrote this cute little EP. Josh helps me with it. But that was a different era, and I felt like I was good for that <laughs> era where we're leading worship. Can you harmonize and sing a little bit higher than the boys? And now it's like, I don't know, girl, can you lead Trimble? I'm like, no, not. So I don't do that anymore. <laughs> and I forget what, what episode I was listening to of y'all's. It's uh, one of the guys, and just talking about you were talking about making music but not trying to make it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that is my dream. I just want to be background music. Like yeah. when I used to perform in Washington, my dream gig was like it's almost like a four hour set at a coffee shop slash kind of pub. Yeah. And nobody looked at me, and it was so loud. And I literally was background music, and I was like, this is all I've wanted in the world. All I want is to sing and have no one look at me. Yeah. I want low stakes. I want high forgettability. <laughs> I would love to just be a recording artist, but never have to tour. Like, that's my yeah. dream. But no, Josh, I don't do anything anymore. The game has changed. The game has oh, changed. I agree. I, uh, in another life, and I would love to do stuff again. But it's like, yeah, how do you go out and try for, for B-level, C-level? I don't know, but that's my dream. That's all I want. Honestly, I feel like it's it's much easier to be uh be varsity at like mm. the jv level you know oh, what yeah I mean? i'm like don't pull me up coach just right. let me stay with the freshmen yeah, it's like you know i want to be the best person <laughs> on the jv team is like yeah. it's like what you're saying and i think you <sighs> could do that because everyone's like i need to get a record deal i need a tour 
And you're saying, all I want is like a coffee shop gig where I get yes. paid like, honestly, nothing. Just give me a latte. Let me yes. sit in the corner and play for three hours. Everyone's like, great, cool, do it. And I think you could be the best at that. That's like One every point. other podcast is like, no, reach for your dreams. And I'm like, no, I want to go a step below that. I would love to reach for my attainable for sure. I, I want to embrace this. mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. And I feel great about it. I, I really do think that yeah. there's a little no, message totally. in there. All jokes totally. aside, it's just like, I think all the time about that Bible verse. It's like, hey, be content. Yep. Just like live in a quiet life. Yes. And yeah, yeah. everyone's like, no, I want to be TikTok famous. I'm like, no. <laughs> I want to be on TikTok and be funny, but like, you yeah. got to search for me. I want to be user 1234AFJ. <laughs> if you find me, congratulations. I don't want to blow up. I just want to be a little treasure for whoever uh, finds me. That's incredible. Um, where, okay, does your EP still exist? Because I can't find it anywhere. It is on a very old website. I haven't checked in a while. It's on Bandcamp. Okay. But I don't want it to live anywhere else. So <laughs> that's so where it is. I uh, I'm about to make a very like old man like back in my day type of statement. Yeah, um, give it to me. But I uh, I was thinking about it this this week because I knew that we were talking. I was like, I need to find that song we did. And back <laughs> in the day, uh, uh, you know, you would like have your physical copy of the right. EP. And you have to go burn it on to iTunes. That's like three MacBooks ago. So I have no clue totally. where it is. I don't know where like the EP is. I don't even have a CD player. I love the fact that the kids these these days have everything <laughs> digital and they'll always have like a record of it. But then also I'm so glad that on a side note that we didn't grow up with everything having like a receipt or like a record. Um, but uh, I really wish that I could find that song because that was super, was super fun. I'll send it to you because you're a part of it. I just won't, don't want the world to have it. Okay. But yeah. it was really sweet. And uh, you saying that, it's like, uh, I miss making limited mm. playlists. Yes, totally. You know? Like, cause right now, if I wanted to make you guys a playlist, I could put a thousand songs on it on Spotify. Totally. But I loved the, like, pressure of looking at my iTunes and going, all right, I can maybe fit 21, <laughs> maybe 20. <laughs> And yeah. wanting to curate it perfectly for someone. Like, I just had to throw all mine out because my car doesn't even have a CD player anymore. Right. Like, you're just totally. like, those are, they're dead. That's a I great point. That. I miss I, that. I also miss the days of, like, the burned, like, CDs. Oh, and you, like, burn discs for your friends. In fact, okay, I'm so glad you brought this up. Because <laughs> I owe you a debt of gratitude. For? For... Um, you burned me a CD like forever ago, back, back when everyone's like burning each other's stuff. Uh-huh. And on that CD was one song that created the greatest musical love affair I've ever had with an artist. Wait, can I guess? Yes, please. Is it David Ramirez? Yes. <laughs> I knew it. Yes. Ugh. I like, si- like you put shoe boxes on a Ugh. CD and I was like, who is this guy? And now like I, he's like my favorite artist. I love his stuff. <laughs> Um, but also you like grew up with him or something. You, you had some, some sort of personal connection. No, my making that up. Um, in my dreams (laughs) and adjacent, like we were at the same church for a little bit. And, uh, when I was at TCU, like a a friend of mine was good friends with him. So I went to like a little apartment concert where I couldn't breathe because he was literally two people away from me. And I was (laughs) froze because I was so in love musically, not romantically. (laughs) Um, so I wish, and even now, like we've gone to shows since and Drew's like, go say hi. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'll mess it up. 
So I just want to enjoy him from a distance. Yeah, but totally. I love, he's my all-time favorite. He's unbelievable. Um, the first time I saw him was uh, he was opening up for Sorin, another old school band. Oh um, yeah. But um, he he sang a song, and I remember thinking I. Like he was so vulnerable. I was like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't know this amount of information about your life. Like we we literally just met and now I feel like I know everything about your soul. But I feel like that's what makes him so awesome is he just he just bears it all and yeah. he's so real, so authentic. I think he's one of the best lyricists oh, of our day. For sure. He'll <laughs> break you in too. Yeah, yeah, honestly. So um anyway, that was uh something that I needed to thank you for. Oh, I'm uh, so glad. There's a lot that I feel like we didn't get to to cover. I want to save some time to ask you our fun random questions. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Brooke, this is your first time meeting Jane. Is there anything? Oh that my you god, are I feel so put on the spot. Um, you know me. I think my knee jerk reaction is just to overtly affirm people, and a lot of people are like, "Brooke, you're not <laughs> genuine. That's disingenuous." And I was like, "No, I literally mean it." And so I have just heard good things about you forever. And so it's just so nice to meet you. But I guess my one question, I guess, and we'll see what rabbit trail this sends us on. I feel like you've traveled a lot. Like you mentioned, you were in Washington for a little bit. So you were at TCU and then you went to Washington and then you came back to Texas. How did that happen? Break that down for me. Because I've heard you were like, you were a legend. You were a legend at Christ Chapel. And I like, I still hear stories about how, oh, when Jane left, the world shattered. And I was like, I get it. So I cried when y'all interviewed Taylor and y'all said yeah. that. Cause I was like, Ugh, so how did those moves happen? Cause I'm just curious um, selfishly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Washington move, uh, was more, was kind of like a weird mm-hmm. courage, curiosity thing. Like I had just always grown up Bible belt, Dallas, Fort Worth, um, church and so it was actually drew drew we had met a couple times randomly didn't really know each other well no romantic anything but he was planting a church up there on a college campus and at the time washington state was the least church state in the country college students are the least church age group i think worldwide um and it was just a year-long internship so that was more like okay i don't have i've never had friends really who weren't Christians or if they weren't, they used to be and just got burned. Like I was so curious to have friendships with people from different backgrounds or adamantly anti or just, I was like, it's just a year. I can do anything for a year. So that was more just to try. And then I fell in love with it up there. And then I actually came back to Texas kicking and screaming so much like this season. You're like, I notice a theme with you, Jane. You're not usually on board with God the first time. You're kind of a after the fact kind of girl. Um, but I came cause Drew felt so clearly that we were supposed to come to Texas and I felt mm. so clearly that we weren't. And I had, I had it out with God and I, I talked to him a lot about Noah, like Noah and the ark. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, did you tell Noah's wife too about the ark? <laughs> or did you just talk to Noah and she had to trust that her husband heard from you? And I was like, I'm serious. Because before I got married, you and me were cool. And we would talk. And we would make our little decisions about where we were going to go. But now, I go, is this for real? Do you just talk to him and I got to go? Or did you tell her too? And I don't know. I didn't get like a clear anything. But it was a wrestle for me of like, could we feel Mm. so differently? And his would be the right move. And I felt like 
I needed to choose this for Drew's health and thriving and felt like God was like, hey, I've got something for you too. But like, you have to choose this for him. And I was like, ugh, fine. Cried the whole 35-hour <laughs> drive down in the U-Haul, like was a teenager to poor Drew. I was just like rolling my eyes, <laughs> crying, being sad, <laughs> and then eventually settled in. But yeah, everything with me is usually a little reluctant, a little feisty, and then later I'm like, oh, here's some <laughs> spiritual nuggets. <laughs> but yeah, I came kicking and screaming back, but now I'm so, so glad to be back. We're in, and we're in San Antonio, so not really a Texas that I ever knew, okay, but very cool. I love San Antonio now. It's cool to hear that story, because I, I remember distinctly uh, you, me, and Kristen Hines were at mm. an Ernie Halter concert at the oh, Mart. That was the best, too. And we were, you, me, and Kristen were sitting on the stoop outside the aardvark processing what you were going to do. And Kristen and I were both trying our absolute hardest to not be jerks and be like, Jane, you can't go. And, and we're trying to like, let you process and you're dreaming and talking. And, and that was like the night like, she's, she's gone. Like she's, she's going to Washington. And so, uh, but it's been so cool to like see everything that's happened and get to know the resonate folks and see what y'all are doing now in San Antonio, like, God's very clearly, like, guiding y'all's path in some really exciting ways. That's really sweet. Yeah. Oh, I love Fort Worth. I would come back. <laughs> I'm not anti. I could do it again. It's a good spot. Buying your first home is so exciting, but let's be honest, it's also overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, first you have to figure out where you want to live. Then you have to figure out if you'll be approved for a loan. Then you've got to think about inspections, closing costs, insurance, and property taxes, all on top of making the offer and hoping they accept it. It's a lot. But lucky for you, our friends at League Real Estate are here to make buying your first home an incredible experience. In fact, LeagueRE.com slash close is your one-stop shop for anything related to buying your first home. We're talking advice on mortgage lending, how to calculate your monthly payment, access to incredible agents, and so much more. So if you feel overwhelmed by everything that goes into buying a home, rest easy knowing the incredible people at League are here to help guide you through it every step of the way. They're here for you and ready to serve. So again, that's LeagueRE.com slash close for the absolute best home buying experience. Can we ask you some fun random questions before we let, yes, hit me. let you go? Okay, well, you're an avid listener, or at least you did your research, so you know what's right. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are some of your oddly specific love languages? Okay, I love to be thoughtfully excluded. <laughs> so the- <laughs> That's such a good answer. So I am very introverted, but I'm such a good hang that it's confusing for people. People yeah. assume that I want to be at stuff or because I'm fun, they want me to come. I don't almost ever want to come. <laughs> and so my favorite thing is like one of my best friends here will tell me plans they have. And I'm like, thank you so much for not inviting me to that. Like, thank you so much for not making me say no. Like she's like, yeah, we're doing a girl's dinner downtown and then we're going to go to this concert. And I'll just go, Georgie, thank you so much for not asking me to do that. She's like, oh yeah, I knew you would never want to go. And it makes me so happy. Or like my birthday is in a couple weekends. I've scrubbed my birthday for the, from the internet because I also don't like birthday attention because I feel like it's forced. So 
No one knows my birthday. Okay. But some friends in town do, and they're putting on like a local 5K fundraiser thing. And they called me a couple months out, and they were like, hey, would you be bummed if the 5K was on your birthday? We assume you don't want to do stuff with people and you want to be by yourself. But like, would you be offended if we planned it on your birthday? I was like, no, I would be so happy if you planned it on my birthday. Because then I could just go wherever I want, and I wouldn't see anyone. And so I love to be thoughtfully excluded. That's <laughs> what a amazing. Great answer. That's such a good answer. I just, I love uh, yeah, that. For I'm just, you. I'm a selective attention lover. Like I want to be loved and left alone. Like I want you guys to be like, oh, she was so great. Let's, let's just love her from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, don't text me. Don't bring me back for a best of. Just leave me alone. <laughs> oh, no, you can bring me back. This is so fun to me. I just okay, want to go to like a, a party. Like if well, you guys sure. are okay. celebrating our party, I'm like, I will send a gift and I'll buy all the Topo Chicos, but I don't want to come. Okay. That's I don't want to. So funny. Um, Are there things that you want to be included in? Oh. Oh, rarely. Um, <laughs> truly, like we did like a little icebreaker question the other night with a group at our house, and it was, "What concert would you want to go see, dead or alive?" And I was like, "None. I don't want to go unless, like, unless I have a table, like an mm, old woman, yeah. where I can drink my overpriced margarita and sit down and not right. be touched and not have to stand." And not have to park. Like I was just sounded like a crotchety old woman. No, but I was like, I get it. I'm trying. I don't like this. I was so delighted you guys asked me. Okay. I think I just don't want to. I don't want to mix groups. I don't want to. I'm just not a good mingler. I'll mm, sit and. I feel that. I could do this forever. Yeah. But I'm not a good mingler. So this is this is so interesting because I've always and maybe it's the ministry context. I feel like so much of the ministry world is like work the room, meet new people. Um, and I, and like in my mind, you were like the queen of like work in the room, but now I'm realizing that might've been your job, but was that just like absolute drain to your soul? Okay, Josh, this is you asking that. Okay. This is such a, there's something I want to do, but it is so self-absorbed that I cannot bring myself to do it. I want to go back. Like I want to interview you about your perception of me. Oh yeah. Do and it. Like, do it right now. <laughs> do it right and now. Like, people I worked at camp with because I don't understand either. Like even looking at like I'm like, was I always introverted or did did I become introverted? Because truly, oh man, there's so many ways I could go with this. So I've asked like roommates and stuff, or like with my OCD, I go, Hey, did you see traces of this back then? Or do you think this developed from like ministry burnout? Do you think this is just time? Because I do feel like um when I I joke about like selective attention, I feel like I was bombarded with attention for the first Mm. part of my life, like winning all the awards, being like everyone's favorite little whatever. And I feel like, I think, again, maybe it's why I don't care about being famous. And I'm actually very anti-fame because I just want to be anonymous and content and do whatever I want. Because I think I just got so much attention that I don't, I'm not seeking for it anymore. So I think that's why I'm like, I'm good guys. Go, go love somebody else. I'm I'm all filled <laughs> up for a lifetime. I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, Josh, I don't know. I think ministry, it might've been rallying. I think I was also a lot less wounded in college. Mm. So I was like, what do you guys want? Come take it. You want to hang out? You want to get coffee? And I'm like, those yeah. are precious resources. I don't want to go get coffee with you. When in <laughs> yeah, college, totally. I was less protected. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm. I think too, like as you get older, you start to establish boundaries and you realize like what you know like 
but back in college, like, what is time? You know, like it's like yeah. whatever. In fact, you'll you'll appreciate this. We were on um, uh, a college fall break trip to Colorado, and we're driving, and me and one of our other staffers were talking to a student. She was talking about how like how she's just so busy and so like exhausted, and she has no time. Blah blah blah. And um, and the staffer who was beside me was married and had two kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, you know, enjoy it because believe it or not, like right now is the most free you'll ever be for the rest of your life. It only gets, you know, sure. like you only get less time. And with like a straight face, the, this girl looks at us and goes, y'all, I cannot envision a scenario where I have less time than I do right now. And, and we and just I started. I go to class three whole hours a day, you guys. <laughs> I take, I take naps in the afternoon. I go to the wreck, right? <laughs> like, I have three hour long coffees. Um, but like, I mean, she was like, in all seriousness, like, she was, I cannot envision a scenario where I have less time. Um, and then I actually asked her about that a few years later. She was like, yeah, that was the stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. Um, because we just gave her a ton of crap, crap for it. But I do feel like in that season, you have nothing to compare it to. It's like, oh, like in my oh, world, yeah. I am busy. In my world, right. I am stressed, right? Um, and then I feel like as you get older, it's like, oh, I th- you yeah, do. I don't yeah, I have mine who has like some time off work right now. And she's like, I just feel so guilty and like, I don't know what to do with my free time. And I was like, go to a museum, go to a coffee <laughs> shop, do whatever you want. Like I was like, I'm not trying to not feel empathy for the feeling that you feel and this tension right. of guilt with your free time. But also, like, if I want free time, I have to find someone to supervise these two humans I'm responsible for. I can't just, like, go. Like, go. Don't feel guilty. There will be a day where this is not accessible to you. So, like, go. Go do whatever you want. Totally. She's just like, I'm going to pray about it. I was like, don't. God, (laughs) just do it. I think as you get, I can constantly say, do not pray about this. Just just do it. Don't pray about it. Just do it. I mean, I don't know about y'all. The older I get, and even the longer I am in vocational ministry, I'm like, do not put me in front of the room. Don't hand me a microphone because all that will do will make me more visible to disappoint more people. It's like there's a certain yeah. There's like there's a humility that comes with it of like I have failed and I have let people down and I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm gonna set my healthy boundary around my small tribe, and you put me in the back. And I I've grown in that I think since I've been doing what I do. And so for me, when you started saying that, Jane, I was like, oh, for me, it's it's not necessarily I don't want to. I'm I'm super extroverted, but for me, I'm like I just don't want to disappoint anyone or have to like work that hard to like make a choice. So I'm like, put me in the back, take my name tag off. I'm going to tell somebody my name is Amy. <laughs> like my name is not Brooke Seal. Like, you know, you like, I don't need people to know. Across the room. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm going to start like doing a Boston accent just to really throw people off. Like people don't need to know who I am. <laughs> I hear a small sample of that just to Me just doing to a Boston it. accent? Uh-huh. Oh, sis. Bit. Some people that will listen to this but oh dear God, she's going to do it. And I, I do one, but on the spot, I don't know if I could follow through for you in the way that you want me to. Okay. I but maybe that. I'll voice, maybe I'll voice memo you or something once I can yeah, kind of turn. Do. It's early. And my, and my parents sure. are in town right now. And so I'm around my parents. And so my accent's a little thicker, I think, because I'm hearing them. And so uh, I got to turn off the country to turn on the Boston. So it, it takes a couple of okay. steps. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Jane, is there a story that like just brings a smile to your face, that, like a story that you just love to tell anytime you have a chance? 
Uh, that is one I cannot, I have really struggled. I just, obviously from before, I just love talking about Tilly. That's and I know sweet. everybody loves talking about their kid. So it's like, cool. But it's like, they love their kids because they have to. And I love my kid because she's like, so special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because she's just so funny. So I was trying to think of, like, um, just a specific one. Oh, I thought I wrote it down. Oh, well, this is just funny. This shows a lot about – are we still into the Enneagram, or do we think it's satanic? What's the vibe on this no, one? It depends on I'm who you it. ask. What bookshelf is it on in your house? <laughs> well, like, well, it's on the because it's so controversial. Um but, okay, in theory, mm-hmm. if we were talking about Enneagram and if I was a six, a little anxious, Brooke a little and I are very, very, very proud threes, yeah. very proud and vocal threes. So oh. Which is, part of, which is six, part of our problem, but we're very aware. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's why you have a podcast and I don't, because you're like, let's do this. <laughs> let's talk to people. 100%. Okay, so for me, but I'm trying to equip my daughter with uh, – all of like the benefits of sickness, nice. like the awareness, the like disaster preparedness without any of the anxiety. <laughs> so we do little drills <laughs> for like safety where I pretend to be a stranger that wants to kidnap her. And I go, Hey little girl, I have some candy in my car and a puppy. Do you want to come see? Mind you, she's three. We've been doing this since she was two. And she goes, no, this is not my mom. Jane Worsham. Because I said, if you just yell mommy, there's a thousand mommies wherever we are. You got to yell Jane Worsham and you got to yell, this is not my mom. Because people might think you're just throwing a tantrum otherwise. Yeah. So I do a lot of disaster preparedness drills with her. <laughs> so we'll go be like, hey, can I go look over there at the books? I'll yell Jane Worsham if anyone tries to take me. Because I just try to keep it low anxiety, <laughs> high preparedness. And so she also knows every word to Hamilton. Do oh, I regret that? Yes. Does she know any Bible words? <laughs> no. Did Drew's parents come over and she said she wanted to perform a song and the first words out of her mouth are, how does a bastard? <laughs> yeah, I do regret it, but I'm also so very proud. And so. As you should be. <laughs> my favorite stories are Tilly stories because she's just so old. Well, she sounds like a That's good amazing. hang. She's the best. Yeah. I feel like she needs to be a guest. That's on what I'm screaming. It sounds like she has a wealth surprisingly if you catch her in the right mood she's a great conversationalist because she won't just like be a little toddler and answer your questions she'll be like what are you doing josh what's behind you on the wall like how's your day what like do you have any (laughs) do you have any pets like she's she would be a great interviewer if you guys ever want to switch up your format okay have her call in sick we'll uh we'll send you the link she can hop on (laughs) (laughs) tilly i need you to bring the heat today Okay, last question. And I'm really fascinated to know your answer based on the conversation we just mm-hmm. had. Right. Um, and I feel like I might actually know it now. Um, yeah. As you know, this podcast is called Nowhere Close to Famous. But sure. if you could be famous for one thing, what would that be? Like I said, I'm adamantly anti-fame. <laughs> uh, don't want it. Don't want to be like Hollywood stars. They're just like us. She's at the grocery store. I'm like, don't look at me at the grocery store. <laughs> But I did think, uh, like, what would what would be something I would be really proud to have accomplished? I don't mm. know that I want to be famous for it. Yeah. But my dream would be to understand and speak every language. Oh, I wow. love languages. I'm constantly trying to learn more. I have a pretty high, like, aptitude for it. 
Um, I think God didn't give me a lot of math, science, and sports, but I can go real hard with language. <laughs> and it would just be my dream. Like nothing frustrates me more than when I meet someone who doesn't speak English and I can't like bridge the gap. Like yeah, it, totally. It's physically, like I'm physically frustrated. And so I try to like Duolingo, whatever I can. Yeah. So I don't want to be famous for anything, but I would love to be really good at that. How, how many languages are you up to right now? So fluent. I'm very fluent in English. Nice. Um, <laughs> fluent in Spanish, American Sign Language, and then I can like, I'm a, I can be a little chatty in French and Italian, but not much. A but I'm just chatty trying to learn languages because all the Asian languages are too hard. Chinese was too hard. Japanese is so yeah. hard. I, mean, I would I'm, love to learn more. I've had like friends that have gone to China for like mission work. And part of their thing is they have to go spend a legit full year just yeah. doing classes, like eight hours a day before they're even allowed to do anything because it's so hard to understand. And it's so unforgiving. So like Spanish, mm. you guys know, you make a masculine, feminine, it's fine. You switch the L and the L. No one cares. They like right. get what you're saying. And in China, I would try to get so close, like trying to think of a word that's not a city because you can't be talking about cities. Yeah. Um. Okay, so like Drew's Chinese name was Dasha. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is Dasha. And they're like, what? And they're like, oh, Dasha. And I'm like, is, <laughs> I'm not trying to be ignorant. Like, is that not what I just said? And they're like, but the tones are so unforgiving that I'm just like, screw it. I can't. That's why I'm sticking with the romance languages because they're like, we get you, girl. You're close. And China's like, no, we have no idea what you're saying. Sorry. Try His name is Dasha. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, Dasha. I'm like, Ugh, I tried. I don't know. That's amazing. That would that's be incredible. So good. But other than that, tell everyone to leave me alone. Yeah. That's. <laughs> we might not even air this episode. We might just keep it for ourselves. <laughs> I thought about that too because I was like, I kind of want to show my friends. Look, I did this. Listen to my friends' podcast. Oh yeah, freak! I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited, Jane. This has been Such so unbelievably you, fun. I'm so Thank sad you. it's over. I know. I mean, we could honestly keep going, but I also know that you have kids. And Tilly sounds like Whatever. more fun than us. I know. Should I get her just for one minute? Yeah. Bring yeah. Her you want to bring her on? Yeah. Bring her on. Let me see if bring I can her get her. Come here. You don't have to talk. I just wanted them to get to see you if you're not in the mood. These are my friends, Josh and Brooke. Hi. Well, Hi. Girls, How are you? How are you? I get um, it. Not living with me as I I get it. I've been there. Um, I just wanted you to say hi because I was telling them about um, how we practice with when I pretend like I'm a stranger. <laughs> and then I was telling them about how you know all the Hamilton songs. What's your favorite Hamilton song? I couldn't remember. It's the Skylar oh, Sisters. That's oh, the Skylar Sisters. That's a good one. She's always Angelica or Eliza because uh-huh. she's never Peggy. She's not yeah, third on no. the sheet ever. Top yeah. of the list. Who wants to can be? We, can we show them what we do when I'm a stranger and then I'll let you go? <laughs> no? Okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Love you. I'll be in it. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Yeah. I'm going to get some cards free because I don't have a cake. Okay. She said it's my birthday and so she's going to make me a card because she doesn't have that's, a cake. She's oh, okay. beautiful. She's, she's so, so cute. cute. She's super sweet. Thanks for letting me meet she's her. So fun. She's such a cutie. Yeah, well, she did the opposite of everything I said about her. So hey, that's <laughs> that can be my, please edit this out. <laughs> no, my kid not it. being a 
a circus monkey for me. <laughs> this was so fun. You lived up to and exceeded the hype. Oh, that's very it's nice. Very honest. It was really fun. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Jane Worsham. And if you did, there are many more coming your way just like it. So make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And as always, you can find us and keep up with us on Instagram at Nowhere Close to Famous Pod. As always, thanks for tuning in. Stay ordinary. <laughs>